host, Tanner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Late Takes. I'm your host, Tanner. And with me today, I have my good friend, Skylar. Skylar, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I mean, this is this is very strange, uh, a strange method to be talking to you. I'm not going to lie. Over uh, Anchor? Uh, over uh, over podcast form. I mean, I, I am a listener. I have been listening. So I know like why you're doing these things or using them as some sort of uh, grasp at social connection. But it is it is very odd. This is my death stranding. we're we're connecting across the world right now yeah (laughs) this is it's so obtuse because we've known each other for many several years now like six years probably yeah Yeah, probably six years but i I think online friendships are so like ethereal they're you know they come and go a lot because you don't have the the social obligation to to like Mm -hmm. online friends the way that you do real friends you just can easily lose touch with them and you're like oh i don't care because they're just like someone who i know on twitter yeah Um, so that's so that's like um parker who was on last week this week when we're recording this but last week uh we had lost touch at one point for like over a year and i've known parker for like 10 years but like at one point they were like twitter banned and this is when we were like I think I was 16 and he was 15 or maybe I was 17. He was 16 or whatever. And we just like lost touch. Cause we were both in high school and we're like, eh, and now here we are, you know, that was probably seven years ago. And like, we, we talk pretty frequently. I group DMS have been the best thing to ever happen to Twitter. Yeah. I feel like I would, I would definitely not be on Twitter if not for them. And honestly, I wish, I wish there's a way for me to just have like a DM account. I don't have that level of self-control. But no, you have to post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. I simply cannot stop posting is the problem. Yeah, it's it's a real problem. I feel like I, I tell my fiance this a lot, but I feel like my posting got way worse after we got together. Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so sad. I was looking at my t- <laughs> my like tweet engagements uh, for like the Wrestle Kingdom in 2019, which is before we got together. I'm like, wow, <laughs> a lot of engagement. And like, <laughs> as soon as we started dating, I mean, I was my brain was in the toilet. I've lost like 200 followers since I started. <laughs> also, I didn't watch wrestling for like a year and a half, which is like the main reason anybody followed me, anyways. Weirdly I- enough. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure there was a contingent of people who, uh, yeah, were mad that you were engaging in cancel culture. Oh. That, or, that, that they were like, no, I'm not following Tanner anymore. Oh, man. He, he didn't oh. properly respect shoot name Justin or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, they're still on Twitter. Yeah, it's very funny. I mean, even Frey is on Twitter. So, like, everyone, no one leaves. Really. No one can't like you. Nobody can ever truly stop posting. Yeah, like Did that. You, that is the moral of the story. Like, I mean, anybody, everybody in the history of the world. The fact, so like, my fiance, she has a Twitter. It's like a like a private account, and she only has like two hundred tweets. And the Twitter account's like six years old. I'm just like, how? How were yeah. you, like? in high school and not just tweeting every single garbage thought that came into your mind. Yeah. I feel like because 
Twitter really popped off more when I was like in college. And by then it was already like, well, you have, you have so much in-person interaction. You're trying to like, you know, better yourself in that way that I feel like I didn't really get really into Twitter until like late college where I was just like, oh, all my college friends are also all on it and we'll connect that way. So but. I live in bumfuck nowhere. So like when I got on, it was 2009 when I made my Twitter account. I was thir- I was a fresh 13. Um, and I didn't, I started tweeting when I was like 15. And so I've been on Twitter almost next year. I will have officially had a Twitter account for half my life. Did, have you deleted any of your old tweets? Some. <laughs> I deleted some and like n- none like super bad just like more embarrassing I had a lot of like <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to call it went through a phase where it's like very like oh I can't believe the love of my life is just like not <laughs> noticing me and this one I was like 16 so I deleted a, I hope all of those uh and it, Imagine when you go to the you're going to try to find one of them. Dude, um, I definitely would be able to. Do you remember I found like you had tweeted about Gangnam Style like 47 <laughs> times? Dude, I was obsessed with Gangnam Style when it came out. <laughs> that, that that was that same time. I probably used to tweet. The reason I have so many tweets is because I probably tweet like 5,000 fucking times a month. Like from the age of 15 to god 20 probably i mean probably like every month i was hitting like five thousand tweets yeah, and it's just like compared to me it, 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 yeah like how many tweets do you have total on your account um not many but i've also i've deleted i've gone back i've deleted everything um yeah all my old stuff and i i've switched like ads a few times so sometimes it can get a little confusing but um definitely not as much as like a lot of wrestling twitter people I have since my account keep so I, my I joined Twitter in March 2009 and started tweeting and probably March 2011 so 10 over 10 years ago 10 and a half years ago I have 195,000 tweets on my account. Think about I mean think about the amount of time that you've wasted. Oh my dude that's my college. I I've wasted so much time no shit. Every Monday after a WWE pay-per-view for about 2 years I would skip my classes. Just all my classes, so I could just just post. tweet constantly. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like I'm not kidding. I was like, man, the, the especially like my freshman and sophomore year in college. I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm just gonna leave here at like 10:30, stay on Twitter till Raw comes on, and then spend three hours of my life watching half watching Raw, so I can pop off these takes. That's very good. <laughs> that that was my college. That's why it took me so well, long to graduate. It's funny because they're probably like, you know, your audience is probably like half of the same people, but it's probably like, like you said, you've lost a significant amount of followers. It's like people who you interacted with every day, like now are just like, oh yeah, I hate that motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) People that I've met in person are like, man, fuck him. I hate that dude. Dude, it's, (sighs) I, I feel like the, you know, it's like I said about that social obligation. People just don't have the, the want to be like you can just say like fuck off to someone and just yeah. cease being friends with them forever yep. which is I mean, very strange to me it it is strange especially again like growing up where i have grown up because it's like i mean I, I have like cody for instance i've been friends with cody since i was and 
like I said, I turned 26 at the end of the year. So that's like 17 years of my life. I've been friends with this same person. And I don't feel like it's not. I feel like a lot of other people I talk to are like, how the hell have you been friends with somebody since you were a kid? And like, you're still friends with them. Yeah, I, I have the same thing for like my best friend, the person who was like the best man at my wedding. And like, I'm still friends with now and lives in dc like we've been friends since we were like 11 and we mm. became friends because of metal gear solid 2 which is very funny we became friends cody and i became friends because of uh pokemon actually <laughs> yeah that tracks yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah can you tell <laughs> by any <laughs> Yeah, uh, and now he's uh, he's a groomsman in my wedding so i i think it's a very funny bit that the groomsman that's mine's my younger brother who d doesn't do social media at all. Uh, and then the rest of my groomsmen are just the, the cast of the very funny that I can just say, even though like I, I like co-founded the podcast, whatever uh, I can just say, Oh yeah, <laughs> I like this podcast so much. I just got all the hosts to be in my wedding. I just find <laughs> that very funny. That's like the bit I've been doing. Uh, like when we go to like a party or something, I'll be like, yeah, I decided I really like the podcast. So I asked them to, to be in my wedding. It's very funny. It usually goes over pretty well. Yeah. I mean, so so why why this podcast over your other podcasts? Why why so, not the Wazim cast? Why not bringing that back? Well, Sam was on. <laughs> I, I did I did I mean I listened to that episode. <laughs> that was our that was our Wazim cast reunion. Um I guess it's more so I really I I get hyper fixated on things like really easily. Um to the point where I can never focus truly on any one. Like right now, I probably have 18 things that occupy my brain at all times that I'm absolutely obsessed with, but I can never actively focus on one. And like a podcast, so like with all you can hear, the reason I left that show is because like I was doing like a lot of the planning. For, and while that's fun, I just don't like juggling that many people's schedules. Like I want, cause there were some episodes we had like six fucking people on and with like, we always recorded at my house and it always took up like all of my Sunday because we always record. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. And then I got into a relationship. I was like, I, and we both worked and I went to school and she was like, I just don't have time for this anymore. So that dropped off. And then let's see my last podcast here was three days before our county's case of covid and then so we you caused covid <laughs> i hope not <laughs> the 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 super spreader event was the last your last episode of all you can hear all you can hear podcast shockingly enough nobody in my friend in my direct friend group has had it like a bunch of like people i know friend group none of us have had it we were all like we we saw each other one time last year after that like we got together for christmas and we all quarantined a week before and all got negative tests um so we were like pretty overly cautious about it but then anyways i'm saying that to say like even all you can hear like there's only so much like i i could do because like you four or five other people on every week it was like okay everybody's kind of like got to do their own thing and it never really allowed for me to have like other people on the show unless they were in person so and with this show i 
just wanted to talk to other people. Like I haven't like Skylar, we haven't been on the podcast together in almost two years. Yeah. Would and, it be, what's the, would the last time be the always Barry Tanners? Is that the last time we've talked? Yeah. That would have been the 20, yeah. The 2019 award show would have been the last time we were like vocally. Oh no. I take that back. We, we did talked a, on a Twitch stream. What, we talked on a like fall guys stream. Yeah. When fall guys was down for an hour. Yeah, and that's actually the stream. I got the call that I got my current job on. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Man, wow. Okay, so it's been like a year, but it's just and it's like you were mentioning, you don't really think about talk like pretty often. I mean, we're in a DM group together. We talk fairly often and we DM uh, you know, fairly often, but it's just like I couldn't imagine going like a year without talking i know in person and it's not like i don't because i consider you a good friend it's just like you live in dc i live here and it's just like i don't it just doesn't occupy the same space in my brain if that makes sense and i'm sure you feel the same way yeah i mean uh i i find i find that this idea of using this podcast even though you know i guess it is odd that it's for ostensibly public consumption but i find the idea of using this as just like an outlet or focus to maintain your online relationships in some sort of more meaningful way than they were beforehand as like a very like fruit like you know a good endeavor and something that is probably going to like make you feel closer to these people that you're inviting on because mm -hmm. it's just like an excuse for you to be like oh we're just gonna talk like over audio but we have like an excuse to do it so it's not weird but it's just like catching up with a friend <laughs> like you know yeah it's i mean that's that's what it is <laughs> i mean you make it sound a lot more like i, I don't know more, more more official <laughs> really is because like i still want to do like my bullshit stuff you know like i want to do a whole episode on like evangelion but like also like the the larger point of this podcast is to like excuse because it'd be weird if i just messaged you and said hey you want to like hop on discord i, See, I mean i like, would find I, that weird but, yeah i i yeah i guess i don't know i i've i've met people i feel like once you meet people in person from twitter there's like no there's no weird line <laughs> no <laughs> that's no, already yeah. the weirdest line to cross yeah i yeah i feel like if i would have if i've like ever met you it would be different and i don't know why i don't know why that line gets buried let's like um uh, Alan 4L. I did a segment for the CM Punk podcast with him. I've met Alan in person. It did not seem weird. And we had a lot of audio trouble, surprisingly, when I was trying to record with Alan. And he actually ended up recording segment of the show uh, and sending it to me. <laughs> He's a pro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, total pro about it. Super nice guy. But it's just so weird. It's like, there's certain things that, like, I don't know. Like, and I guess maybe Sam's different because I like I have met Sam in person once or a couple times actually, but like even prior to that, I feel like I knew Sam so well because we did like this podcast that people actually listen to, really, you know, pretty often. And we just had because Sam and I, I mean, when we were doing the Wazim cast and we don't know wrestling, I mean, we talked probably every day, like planning stuff for that. I know it never came across like that, but we probably <laughs> were. Um, and like, I feel like really, if I had never done the Wazim cast or we don't know wrestling, I probably wouldn't know three fourths of the people I talk to now on Twitter, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like the 
you almost like need to have some sort of excuse to talk to people, some sort of like uh, propulsive thing that is like bringing you towards people, whether it's just like you have something in common that you both tweet about all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for a lot of us that was wrestling and then when wrestling sort of drops off or, you know, whether it's because of COVID or just, you know, everyone takes breaks every once in a while, then it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just not going to talk to this person for a while. Yeah. And that's, that's probably where like the group DMs really come in handy. But then, you know, occasionally you have a DM where it's like, oh, someone doesn't like this person anymore and they get blocked out or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know that's happened to people that we know. So <laughs> that <happens. laughs> it's not, I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with like talking about that. I mean, not in detail, yeah. but I think that um, it's <laughs> it's always weird when I, I feel like I just am not taking things as seriously maybe mm-hmm. i'm like okay with whatever drama occurs but other people are like are very much not <laughs> or other I people mean, are like more abrasive so i i mean that's like me like i don't i i'll block like actual spam accounts on twitter i don't block actually i mean i may have a couple from like seven or eight years ago that i probably have blocked that i don't remember about but i don't really block people on twitter because i don't care like especially now like I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, say whatever <laughs> you need to say about me to make it, you feel better. Okay, so like three years ago, I like vanity searched myself because this is at a time. This was at the time where a certain group of people started hating hating me, and like they would like just tweet my name with like not adding. I'm like, man, I just can't imagine occupying somebody that I literally do not know occupying that much like brain space. Like yeah, for me, I mean, I'd like, I like, I just don't care, I guess. Yeah. I don't even unfollow people. There are people who I follow who I actively detest and I just mute them. And then I yeah. will go and like laugh at their takes or like post them in a DM and like laugh at them. Yes. Uh, I now I, <laughs> I use the mute function quite uh, readily. I have a ton of muted accounts of just sometimes you just need that reminder that they're there <laughs> and be like, yeah. man, that's the yeah. stupidest thing I've ever read. Um, and that happens a lot. Uh, the one particular person I have muted, like I feel like every six hours, tweet something insane. And I'm just like, I can't believe a person got online and decided this is what they wanted to say at this time of the day. Like, it's just wild to me. Yeah, that was like my my rovert. Uh, <laughs> that's my rovert <laughs> way of life for many years. Because I was just like, but because you have to follow him because occasionally you'll get scoops and then you just unmute him when you're like, okay. I someone's telling rumors Rovert will somehow drop some sort of weird joke that will lead me to know oh this is the rumor (laughs) yeah and it's so weird because like they've been doing that for so long so I that's one of the muted accounts I have uh dude he's gonna find this he finds everything I I know I uh and like I just I can't handle that all the time on my timeline like there's (laughs) I have Bix muted or muted just because I like I I can't handle somebody tweeting ten thousand times a day. I now five years ago, oh yeah, tweet out literally every little thought you have. Uh twenty twenty one Tanner that's like reading Twitter in between can't handle it. I don't I don't need that all that. And I plus I follow like a thousand accounts, which is probably a huge problem, but yeah, I find that the people I mute are like the salute, like posting soldiers who just like will never stop posting. 
like Ro Robert is like one of the funniest people alive. And yeah, <laughs> I think we have to salute him for that. And like Bix was the same way, but he blocked me. So now I can't um, over something very innocuous. So um, and <laughs> I think Bix I know what. Me. <laughs> what Bix? Oh, uh, as yeah, Keller made because uh, made a reference to his juicy bongos <laughs> back there, um, and he he didn't like it. And I DM'd him. He was like, "Don't stop talking about like my voluptuous ass." And I was like, "Okay, Bix, like I will." And then he blocked me anyway. <laughs> I've met uh, Bix in person. They're a super nice guy, and like I I can't imagine like having all that the knowledge that he does because like again, my brain does not work in a way where I can just become like really smart at one thing i want to be like kind of smart at everything so like his brain like wrestling brain just kind of and i'm just like i i can't believe you can chris zellner is the same way like i just can't believe you can just like pop off that off the top of your head like i would have to look that up and i feel like i know a decent amount about pro wrestling but i mean they blow me out of the water yeah, Bix's brain wasn't the only big thing blowing your mind. Was it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, that dump truck back there. <laughs> I I don't edit the podcast. He, he will not listen to this either. None of these people will listen to it because I was even I was even going to talk about Leslie Lee the third who follows me. And, I don't even know who uh, that is. He's the guy who tweeted like the uh, "You rich motherfuckers are." Uh, are love parasite, but are afraid of the Joker. <laughs> you ever <laughs> seen that tweet? That's such a good tweet, though. Dude, it is so good. I think about it all the time. I have it screenshotted like a thousand times because he deleted it. And I use it for like jokes constantly. But he's just like he is just like dedicated to posting about like Star Wars and Marvel and all this shit that I like do not care about. <laughs> mm. But oh, yeah, that's respect. so good. Yeah. Oh man, I, I I wish I could be that funny. Like I like I sometimes think I'm a little funny, but like then people tweet stuff like that. I'm just like I don't have a chance. There's no way. Oh yeah, man, find, that's so good. Yeah, I find that usually when I'm like uh usually I find that when I'm like talking to like Teddy, it's just like, oh, like some people are just so naturally like the funniest person alive, and I'm just never gonna be like that. Yeah, yeah. Teddy's a really good example of that because like I feel like every teddy message was like the funniest thing i read that day and it's I, I like I, I don't know how people do it like again like i i post in like i don't even post in the group dm a ton i just mainly read but when i post like i you know pop the pop them but and then it's just like oh it's whatever <laughs> Yeah, I usually I usually try to hit people at least with like reacts to the like show that I'm still there and that I'm reading. <laughs> yeah, I usually hit I usually use a lot of fire reacts. I wish we could get like a throw up one. We ha you remember when they had the throw up one for like twelve hours? Uh probably not. I I vaguely remember that, but yeah, they added like you can make have like the throw up emoji as like a Twitter DM react for like twelve hours, and then that's the only thing I used, and then they took it away, and it's never returned. And it was never mentioned again. So, oh, yeah. well, Scott, Skyler, was that the way you thought we were going to start the podcast? <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was. I, I literally had notes because that one of the things I wanted to bring up was like, you know, you have to set the stage for, for you know, how do you introduce me other than it's like, oh, just some guy that you know. I so. I can't believe that. Is, is that the, all the notes you have for the podcast? You have notes? I do not have notes. I have the one DM you sent me this morning. Um, I, well, I'm really, 
bad at talking in general. I mean, some of the times that I was on the, those on like, we don't know wrestling. I was like, my heart was palpitating and it, it well, goes on. Also your computer was about to blow up. Yes. That time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm safely on my work computer right now, which is not much better than my old laptop. So, um, but even sometimes I was on like wrestle Omakase or like other podcasts. I feel like talking con- constantly, especially like one-on-one is like really tough. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it, it helps me to have like bullet points and be like, oh, this is something that you thought of that you were like, okay, I'm not going to talk to Tanner about this for like a week because I'm going to bring this up on the podcast. Oh, smart. Okay. So like episode zero that I did for this show was the most nervous I've ever been doing a piece of audio ever because it was just me. And I was like, uh, I don't need to make it too short because that seems like stupid and it might as well be a trailer. So I'm like, I have to talk for at least a few minutes, like just to myself. It was the most nerve wracking experience. I was more nervous about that than when I proposed because I'm like, God, it's going to be so stupid. <laughs> it is just like it is putting yourself out there to such a ridiculous degree. That is a little scary. Yeah. Like, I don't see how people can do like a solo podcast like semi-regularly like it seems i i would go mad like it just i you're talking i mean i guess you're technically talking to the audience but like you feedback i mean if you do like a if you do like one of those produced like 99 invisible or like serial type podcasts where it's like you're telling a story that's one thing yeah like that's one thing joe joe lanza doing a three hour like solo flagship is one of the most insane things i've ever heard yeah they're like i just i can't say i can't believe this is the second week in a row that joe lanza has been mentioned uh just completely off the cuff <laughs> well, I, I also I, i'm also a, a coke z acolyte so i yeah you're a, a what a coke zero guy so, oh <laughs> yeah me me and joe lanza we're probably going to be friends again i'm probably going to make up with him and we're going to connect based on that have that uh, one I, thing in common i try to get the speaking of sodas is the only soda thing i can speak of because i don't i don't drink sodas i haven't drank sodas in like eight years um i try to order the flaming hot mountain dews uh and it was literally harder for me to order playstation 5 or my xbox and i didn't get it like i i I thought it was so i thought it was just bad enough where nobody would want it lo and behold everybody wanted it and it sold out in like three minutes i think i think all of those like limited time food stuffs it's just like when mcdonald's did like the rick and morty sauce (laughs) yeah and people (laughs) literally were stabbing each other for Szechuan sauce yeah, people just love like uh, limited edition things. I love my fair share of limited edition things. I mean, I'm literally doing a whole spinoff of this kind of based around that idea of limited edition food and meals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I guess I'm always, and I, I guess I shouldn't be anymore considering like how much Pokemon cards have blown up in the last 18 months. But like people just buy anything. Yeah, people have disposable income and want to buy stupid shit. Like, yeah, like it, I feel it's like in the DNA of our yeah, people. like I feel like I should make like a late takes NFT and sell it for like a hundred thousand dollars, and just let somebody own the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, like yeah, yeah sure, hundred thousand dollars. Dude, I I have brainstormed occasionally like what is the just the most craven way to like try to make money off of 
being online. And it was definitely and, NFTs. Yeah, it's definitely NFTs are trying to do a fake viral tweet to like get free Doritos or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like. What about that like guy that had the shrimp? In yeah, exactly. Their, uh, something like yeah. that. I feel like I feel like any of us, anyone who uses Twitter or like reasonably enough could do that. Like you just have to be craven enough to do that. I guess like how how viral do you need to go? Like, I guess. Cause, so like I recently had a tweet that got like. Three thousand likes. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Right, don't want to don't want to. I'm leaving Twitter. I don't want to brag, but um. I, I feel like that is not like viral enough. So yeah, it's like, gotta be like twenty k. Yeah, you have to hit right. Yeah. So yeah, and like it also has. I mean, so like the recipe for a viral tweet, especially if you want something for free, everybody take notes. Is it has to be so stupid, but also relatable. So it has to be like some shit like the shrimp in the cinnamon toast crunch is like oh my god you know how toast crunch i can't believe the shrimp was in mine what the hell it has to be something so stupid but also like something and i feel like the only way you can get free stuff now on twitter is if your viral tweet has a picture yeah it has to have like the logo prominent but i feel like you could probably you could call in favors with like just like <laughs> DM Bix and be like, Bix, can you please retweet this? And then you'll get like all these normie people who follow like big accounts like that, that like they only exist. I mean, how many accounts do you see sometimes that like all they do is retweet? They like don't actually have any personality. I don't see any because I, I don't follow people that are. I don't follow, it's just people who, people who follow me who I, then I look at them and it's like, I can't discern what type of person you are. So I'm not going mean, to follow I, you. I guess that's fair. Cause I think for the first six months that you followed me, I thought you were a spam bot because of your handle. Even when I was like talking about wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, Sam and I were convinced. I was like, this dude's definitely a spam bot or something like an AI or something. Like, this is not a real person. I don't know why, because like you had a Twitter profile picture, you tweeted at us a few times, and I was like, I guess it took a, like three to be like, oh, it's probably a real person. Yeah, well, you know what? This friendship is fucking over for the <laughs> fuck <laughs> in the podcast right now. Yeah, it is very funny that I started following you and Sam because Frey was on the Wazim cast, and I was like, this guy's funny. I bet this episode is going to be funny. Um, yeah, yeah. How, how innocent we all were back then man 2015 was a crazy time that was wild yeah the, like i was a year out of high school life was good now i have a mortgage uh life is still good but it's like fuck i have a mortgage it's pretty crazy it's also weird like growing up like completely online so like i've been in and around online stuff since i was but the first like social media site I joined, if you even want to call it that, was I joined the Animal Crossing community forums when I was eleven. Uh, no, actually, I was ten. It was in two thousand six, so I wasn't eleven yet. I turned ten, and I've just been chronically online since then. Yeah, I, I was I was definitely the same way. I do think like age has something to do with it, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I also think that the way that people engage with forums is so, so different from modern social media. Yeah. Like I just remember like 
there were probably the first forum that I was ever on was forum for this guy, Legendary Frog. I know you don't know this because it's before your nope. time. Um, but are you familiar with Newgrounds? I do know Newgrounds, yes. Okay. So there was like one animator who made like Lord of the Rings and Final Fantasy like parody cartoons, like flash flash animations on Newgrounds. Okay. And because of that, he had his own website with all of his stuff, all of his tunes, and that had forums. And that was like my forum. And it was literally like, it was probably only you know, a couple hundred people. And then of those, of that group, there's probably like 30 people who post a lot. So your community is so, so small. It's so insular. But it's also weird because like when I was on there, I was probably like 10 or 11. And then there's also like 35 year old dudes. Yeah. Which is, you know, probably not a great uh, recipe. That's how I was at. So my uh, grandma used to take me and my cousin to Yukio tournaments in town. And I'm in a college town. So we were like eight or nine. And like, we just got our shit rocked by college students every Saturday for like two years. Um, until I, I, I think I might have said this in the group DM recently. But <laughs> there was this dad son. And his son was a year younger than I was. And they would match us. They would like always match us up in the first round. So one of us could move on. And I never lost to this kid. Cause I always said, I think I was 12 at the time. I was like, yeah, if you're under 12, you have to wait three turns to play a trap card. And I would just like rock his shit in. Cause that's what I felt like the college students were doing to me. We're just like doing. So you, che you cheated in Yu-Gi-Oh against uh, someone who was significantly younger than you. No, like a year younger than me. They were like 10. So, I was so, like, so you cheated them just because they were one year younger than you. Yeah. You so I could make it to the second round. Well, it was because like this, like this kid, his dad had built his deck because his dad was like talking about it with like the students, how he like built this like awesome deck for his son and his son could beat anybody in there. I'm like, I'm just going to lie to this kid. And yeah, so that's what happened. I just lied to that kid. And he never beat me. And I think it pissed off his dad so much. And I guess he just never told him. It was a very, it was like what you would expect most Southern dads to like be with their kids, like playing a sport. But it was like this dad was with like with this kid for Yukio. That is very that weird. Is very funny. A very weird dynamic, like thinking back on it, especially like you have to think this is 2005, 2006 Alabama. Uh, so uh, sometimes I wonder. So one of the, the guy that actually, whose parents used to own the plays we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh at. He has went on to be a kind of successful comedian. It's kind of weird. So, and uh, he like went to my high school and everything. Uh, and he's now like a semi-famous like comedian, like tours and shit. And like, uh, I think the rock tweeted at him and that did a ton for him weirdly. Um, but yeah. There and that's go. pretty much it. That's my claim to fame is yeah, uh, we gotta get the rock to tweet at us. <laughs> you think I get the your claim to fame is that you cheated against a child at Yu-Gi-Oh and that someone that you that went to your high school had the rock tweet at them one time. <laughs> there was a a point when I was in high school I I had the most followed Twitter account uh in high school cuz I think I hit like 800 followers when I was in high school and I was like Tanner how do you have 800 followers cuz I never let anybody from school uh like follow me besides like a couple of people. Cause all I tweeted about was like Monday night raw and Friday night Smackdown. So it was just like every 
I mean, it was like every day I was tweeting like 4,000 things about wrestling. I was like, I t- and I was like semi popular in high school. I was like, I can't let this shit get out or I'm ruined. <laughs> or you're done. <laughs> I'm done. That toast if people know about this. Yeah, I'm dead Ben walking. If people know how much of a mark I am for John Cena, like God, like I'm done for. So, yeah, so that happened too. High school was so weird, like especially thinking about because like, we came at a time like right before Snapchat, but like a little after Twitter and Instagram. So like people knew what those were, but like I didn't have a Snapchat till I was in college. Yeah, that was definitely slightly after my time. Or I, I feel like it never fully, fully took off with my generation, probably. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I don't I never use it like I don't post on it. I just have it because other people had it like when I was in college. I was like, OK, and like an. Now I just see what people I talked to in college six years ago do on the weekends. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I am. that. I am like a, uh, like a social media stock soccer in that way. Not like a, not like a, you know, leering across the fence type person, but sure. I am like, oh yeah, I haven't talked to this person in 10 years, but oh wow, they're married. Good for them. Like that. Type of, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. all positive. I, it's all positive. I, I'll do that too. Except in my case, it's like, oh wow, that person I graduated with. Oh, they have five kids. That sounds awful. I know that sounds atrocious. Somebody my age having five children. Oh yeah, like uh, mili- I I grew up in like a military town, so lots of people getting married when they're like eighteen, and then getting yeah. divorced when they're like twenty, which is yeah. very efficient. I mean, it's just a great way to use your youth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, oh man, what can make my post high school years even better? <sighs> Divorce. Hell yeah. Well, Skylar, you had a whole like list of stuff you want to talk about. Is there something you want to bring up? I know well, that's not I, much. It's, of a it's not like I had to. It's not like I'm like, well, we got to talk about this. But I was just I, like, I, I know you're dying to talk about Donda. Uh, so, so here's the thing. So, I think that people are just so, so caught up in treating, like. Kanye West as like an art like an artist that is wholly separate from like other music like mm-hmm. he's just he's just a guy that he's just a weirdo who just like makes occasionally interesting occasionally very good occasionally very bad music yeah but I, I don't know why every every release he has has to start like the take wars <laughs> like I don't know I feel like this cycle was particularly bad because of how prolonged it was or like the multiple listening parties and like you know all the live reaction stuff and people being like well you shouldn't be listening to this and you know how dare you like oh he's actually overrated oh he's always bad oh actually he's genius uh, yeah i don't know i feel like this <laughs> i feel like people have to start appreciating stupid stuff for being stupid and being good all the same yeah like, it's like metal gear solid yeah <laughs> it's just like it or like even like Twin Peaks is probably like that too, where sure. there's a certain degree of weirdness and just, you know, stuff that makes no sense. And I think yeah. part of the fun is just accepting that instead of being like, oh, you have to look deeper into it. And that's how you understand the true meaning to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then you get takes that like, man, I can't it was the best movie of the decade. That's crazy. Yeah. You have to, <laughs> you have to treat you have to treat Kanye albums like you treat like Shonen. It's like there's a certain degree of brain power that 
will be helpful. And then beyond that, it's you just got to turn it off a little bit. Yes. Did Okay. Did you see the article that came out that he allegedly wanted Trump to come out with him yes, at Soldier which, Field? I mean, I was in I was in a group DM talking about this at the time. We were taking bets on Cosby coming out, which oh, would have been incredible. I mean, I'm trying to think of like who would be the funniest people. Trump would be very funny. I think um, if it was Kevin Spacey doing the "Let Me Be Frank," let me be frank, be pretty good. Yeah, he just came out and he they sampled like him doing a speech from House of Cards. That would be really oh, good too. Shit, and like it's like the Marilyn Manson stuff and the, the stuff had like already kind of like, so that version of the Dua Lipa song with the baby in it just never plays on the radio now. But, and he got canceled from like multiple festivals. But I feel like for the most part, people ever now and Kanye's like, man, I want to bring these out. And then the baby was on that song that Jay-Z was on and he took Jay-Z off and had the baby perform a verse for it at soldier field. But then when the album came out, it was the Jay-Z version I don't know. It's, it's all it's, big brain it's all stuff. Very complicated. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like you, I feel like we live in this world where, you know, I, I guess I'm still somewhat of a music nerd where I like the idea of the album. I like the idea of like, oh yeah, like this flows together and it's a project that means this, like it means X, Y, Z in this artist's like evolution over time. Mm-hmm. But unless, but I, that's me. I think most people like, the way that people listen to music is like you find a good song, you throw it on a playlist, you listen to it a bunch of times, and then you like don't think about it for a few years. And I think that this like this version of Kanye is probably best suited for that, where it's like, yeah, half of the album is complete garbage, but then the other half is just like great music. Just throw them on your playlist and move along. Yeah. Uh, that's so I'm not sure why people don't appreciate it for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so that's pretty much how I consume music now. Is like I'll, if the, if it's like an artist I really like, really really like, like a uh, Carly Rae Jepsen for instance, I'll listen to it all. But like, I hate to admit it, but even she has had some stinkers. And like, but like the the good music is great. I'll add it on my playlist. I'll listen to it ten million times. And like you said, I won't listen to it for like two years. And then in two years, I'll rediscover it and be like, oh, my God, this was, is the greatest thing ever. Why did I ever stop listening to this song ever? And like the cycle just repeats forever until you die. But it really is. I, and I wonder if it's just more of like an industry wide thing now where like you're not creating albums to flow together and tell stories. You're just trying. Yeah, there's definitely there's a lot of algorithm stuff because there's a lot of discourse about Migos when they were releasing, you know, some of their like biggest works just had so, so many tracks because you can like gamify Spotify a little bit with that. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get more hits per your track and all those streams add up and it helps your album do better in terms of total streams. Yeah. So if you have 4000 songs on your album, do pretty well. It's funny to like you mentioned that because i remember a time when so like i skylar i i I don't know your exact age but i'm i you i know you have to know what limewire is i do yeah i was okay i was a i was a limewire guy okay so i was a limewire child um so like i i have 
of trying to download songs and it's just being Bill Clinton's speech on Monica <laughs> yeah. Lewinsky. Downloading um, like uh <laughs> down like Coldplay clocks.exe. <laughs> like, man, I can't wait to play this one. Like, so my big like LimeWire Holy Grail was uh Infinity Fallout Boys Infinity on High. <laughs> Which I, I think, yeah, it would have had to been Infinity on High L5. And it seemed like every time I downloaded it, I either gave a computer or it was the Bill Clinton speech. And it's so funny now how Spotify kind of feels that way. Because I feel like a song can get, I guess it's not really related, but I really, but it, I feel like the way a song gets popular now on Spotify or on TikTok. Yeah. The, the, the way like Spotify is almost as bad as like the Am Amazon now where it's like yeah. people think of it as this functioning site that they've used for years. But then when you yeah. actually use it, you realize that it's just been completely taken over by like algorithm gaming, like yes. people trying to make money. Yes. Are, are you, uh, do you, do you get on TikTok? Uh, you know, like you said about my age, I'm 29. I'll, I'll be open about that. I'm, I can't do it's, it's not, Wait, it's you're not 29 people. Yeah. You uh, always make it sound like you're so much older than me. That only makes you like f four years older than me, but it's like micro generations. So it's like, because <laughs> I mean, culture yeah. moves so fast, you, you have less in common with people who are like five years apart from you. Um, but I guess I, it's I view, true. I view TikTok as like it's not like I have, I have a problem with it or anything. But I'm like I'm gonna let them have that. You know what I mean? It's just like there is a generation of people who are like growing up on that platform and like trying to use it to like you know for self expression in ways I find like extremely dumb. And I'm just like, you know what? I I had legendary frog. I'm gonna let them have TikTok. You, gotta, <laughs> you have to you have to grow up in like somewhat of a controlled, like safe environment. And I I do feel like, especially with the death of Tumblr, and you know all of these other sites, everything, all these sites are like coming together. You don't really have that as much anymore. You don't mm -hmm. have those safe spaces, you know, for lack of a better word, where generations are figuring out like how they speak and how they you know interact with each other yeah um, like pe people can't make there's fire. so many old people on TikTok. yeah yeah there's so many yeah you're right there's a ton of way old people on tiktok but like it's so funny too because the social media site that got that down the best was myspace like you could have like you know like your playlist on myspace and have like i mean i kind of learned how to like do like i don't want to say coding because it's not that but like i learned how to do like shit on myspace just to make my profile look cooler that i like i used in college like for when i had to make a, like a website for a class and it's so funny like i feel like especially for like my generation because like i was like 13 14 years old on myspace like still posting on myspace pretty regularly and crazy just what people used to post out in the open like people my age like, I mean, we would have like full blown, like shit talking conversations about like other people and like everybody in my school did this. Like, I'm not just saying like I did it, but like, just like we're talking the most shit, like I, teenagers should not be allowed on the internet is what I've really come to realize after being a teenager on the internet. Like, I don't think you should be able to post till you're like 20. Yeah. Teenagers and old people always post the wildest shit. 
because they just like you know they have no concept of who it's reaching yes um but i don't know i feel like the i do like that aspect of the internet i like i feel like it's being somewhat killed off now the idea that it is like weird and dangerous and gross and you just encounter all sorts of weird dumb people i think everything is you know there's an attempt for sure to sort of sanitize it for good reasons to like protect people in some ways but also to like sort of dull the edge that it had for many years that i i miss in certain respects so i was tweeting uh pj and uh omakase john was talking today and they were talking about um like new york like and i have people on my facebook that think new york is just like a lawless wasteland right now because because like the people on my facebook will be like oh my god i can't believe like they're doing this and new yorkers aren't like taken to it and not there was somebody i'm friends with on facebook solely for the fact that they are very funny and they're neighbors with my mom um posted on there i was like well i heard that the patriots of new york and the patriots of australia because i guess australia has like a bunch of lockdowns because they take it semi-seriously i guess um it's like the patriots of new york and the patriots of australia are just are just tired of it and they're like they're, there's so much civil unrest there and like they're they're, they're like there was just on the brink of war. I'm like, man, I don't know where this guy gets his news. Yeah. Is this man. guy who you're friends with a uh, solidest snake? <laughs> no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> the bad guy from the end of metal gear solid two, who is. Oh, I thought you meant there was somebody like with the posting name. No, solidest snake, the metal gear solid two character. But it's, who, I mean, wild like kind of like and i guess now especially in the age of covid where people just believe everything they read except the stuff that's actually true so i guess it's like the same thing as people eating like the horse shit or whatever the horse medicine to be like i'm not getting a vaccine but i'll, I'll eat to not get covid uh and then you have like all these people taking it that are dying from covid because obviously it doesn't work and it's just like it it baffles me like i don't know when it really happened i guess like 2016 we're like the most outlandish like misinformation is like well that has to be true because that sounds so ridiculous it couldn't be false yeah i i think the i guess this look at us wading into the discourse like disinformation because that's like a big biden administration thing right now is there yeah talking about like admit yeah disinformation all the time but i i think there it there is a certain mainstreaming of ideas that happen with like the internet it probably honestly probably coincided with like old people getting on facebook yes because it became this thing where it's like you were getting all of your news and social interaction it became the thing that you turn to every day instead of like the newspaper so i mean mm-hmm. it's not like the newspapers or tv news were like infallible because you were getting just a different type of lie but you weren't getting like the most outlet like there was some modicum of you know journalistic integrity whereas yeah. you know on facebook you're just not getting that and i think it yeah. leads to yeah, it, it it leads from something where it's just like, okay, like Obama birtherism turning into like, you know, <laughs> the mass, like Tom Hanks has been assassinated by Donald Trump, like type of people. <laughs> yeah, and, and, there, there is a fine line into like the timeline we're currently in to like old people realize it mean lots of love and it meant laugh out loud. And like old people started getting on Facebook, they would be like, wow, I can't believe your mom died. 
Uh, there's a there is a clear correlation between, I guess, like 2012 when I feel like that really started happening to now. Yeah, the- disagree with me if you want, but. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's a, it's fool's gold to try to be like, this is the inflection point. Because if you look at like, you know, if you look at like everything that happened, even in our lifespan, in terms of like internet mm-hmm. discourse, I feel like it was like a clear line, like up and up and up. There wasn't any moment I was like, because people talk about like Gamergate all the time as something that I was like, this is the moment where Donald Trump was made president was Gamergate. It's just like not, it's not really true because you can find like Gamergate basically existed in the exact same form in like 2005 under yeah. like the comments on like IGN articles. Like, you know, it's, it's the exact same sort of thing. It's just, <laughs> it's a pro- I'll probably honestly a lot of the same people too, just tr- yeah. just like a little bit older. And they had just, you know, that information is just so much more accessible and so much more out in the open. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, the internet's a crazy place. <laughs> I guess that's what it really boils down to. Cause I, I remember like, man, like, and I, I guess you probably never went through it. Like again, you're talking about like the micro generation stuff. Cause you are like four years older than me. So you would have been at least a cognitive when the internet like really started to pop off. But when I was getting on, I remember like my mom would be like, oh, just make sure you like never tell strangers your real name and blah, 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 blah. And now you have people, my mom, but like people my mom's age is like, I saw this person post on Facebook that if we, if I didn't send them my social security number that I was going to get assassinated. And it's just like, wow, actually happened to somebody I know. I knew that they were going to get, they didn't give this person their social security number and their identity got stolen from them. But that's a whole different thing but <laughs> it's just wild before i guess that is a that is a really good bet <laughs> like i have this the red dot trained on you right now <laughs> on you um, right now give me yeah, your social security please, number. please log into twitter <laughs> give mm-hmm. me your social security number. yeah there's somebody else i know this is another one of my mom's friends whose facebook gets hacked probably once every week but it's not her facebook actually getting hacked it's her she forgets her password so she makes a new and then she'll forget about her old Facebook in like three months. And she's like, Hey everybody, I noticed a lot of you are friends with this Facebook. Make sure you this <laughs> Facebook. I don't know who this is, but like, I don't know if they're kind of doing the bit of like, I obviously didn't forget my password blah, 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 and like, just don't know how to reset their password. Cause they don't know their password for their email address, but I, it's wild. It is like, it's like, I feel like, so like people in like my mom's generation, like my mom refuses to learn how to order anything off of Amazon. Like she, every time she has, she's like, she'll send me a screenshot, not a link. Cause she doesn't know how to send a link on her phone and she'll screenshot and said, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, fine. Okay. Can't imagine that there's ever going to be a point where there's like a piece that I just, that I interrupt on a daily basis and i just refuse to learn yeah i mean famous last words right there will be like the <laughs> neural implant that we all get yeah that Boom. active the vaccine activates it or whatever like we will be like <laughs> oh i'm not gonna pay attention i'm not gonna learn how to you know buy stuff off that i don't i don't know i mean maybe i guess it is like because i guess every 
every generation likes to think that they're the smartest, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like we have a clear jump on boomers. Like it's yeah. Every generation is stupid in their like own special way. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Our generation is stupid. Just about other things. Yeah. I find all generations detestable and really a lot of human life. (laughs) 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 It's just, just, just dumb people all around. Yeah. Oh man, I did not expect the podcast to go this way so far. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever feel? Do you ever feel smart in your life? Have you ever felt like you were a smart person? Me? Yeah. Like, do you, so, do you feel like? Do you feel like I'm smart? Like, would you describe yourself as smart? I so I was like a quote unquote gifted child by the the public education system standards, like. And what that means in Alabama is pretty much that I could say my ABCs. No, um, I like I could like read on like a college level and like first. And this isn't bragging. It's just to go. Wow. And, no, I, I promise that there's a greater point to this. Tanner bragging hour. Yeah, I was I was reading at like a college level in second grade and like I could do math like in my head and like I didn't have to write it down. And they were like, oh, this this kid's obviously a genius and he is very gifted. And I feel like if that's true, I have not gotten an ounce smarter since I was eight years old. Yeah. Because like, like people think I'm smart. Yes. Do I be smart? Not really. I'm just not stupid. Yeah. See, I, I feel like I, I had a similar thing where I was also deemed gifted and yes you know i think a lot of people view it as like oh i was so smart in high school but then i graduated college or graduated high school and i don't learn anymore it's because our generation wasn't taught to like live in the real world but i think mm-hmm. it's honestly just that a lot of people are just dumb and i think i'm dumb too i think i'm just one of the i think i'm just not a smart person at all and yeah. i think uh being told that I was smart at some age. I definitely believed it when I was like a teenager. I thought I was a genius. I was like, Oh, me too. I thought I was hot shit. And especially in middle school, I'm like, I'm smarter than every single one of these people. Yeah. And I'm lucky that I have some, I have a a want always to like learn. I always like learning and doing and trying new things. So I think that Mm -hmm. has helped me somewhat, but it also like it sapped the ability of me to have any sort of like adversity in terms of learning and yes. it just taught me how to like BS through things. And then I just didn't learn anything. And now I'm just a stupid per a stupid man, the grown yeah. man who's dumb. That's what I am. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happened to, to me because like, I, I don't think I ever like cracked a book open or study all through high school. And you know, like I wanted to be a nurse when I graduated high school, which by the way, trying to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life at 18 is moronic but i got to nursing school and i'm just like i'm not cut out for this like this is actually going to kill me um and uh, like like part of that is on me yes but so like the fact that i was never challenged and by the time i got challenged i was so tired of just like wading through the crap I'm just like, I can't handle this. So like I ended up, you know, majoring in something else and was still challenged in ways there, but like not in the way, like in a way that was more, I don't want to say fun, but it was like more rewarding, I guess. Yeah. I I think I, I I think I realized I was dumb when I was taking some sort of like 
high-ish level math class in college because you have to do that mm -hmm. when you have a, a video game degree, a BS video game degree for some reason. But I was like, had like my final was coming up, but it was the same week as, cause I was doing like, I was doing it over the summer between two years. And my final was the same week as the NBA finals between the Heat and the Spurs. Um, okay. I don't know if you know anything about basketball, but I do. it was, it was like the most dramatic series the one yes. was like Ray Allen hitting the shot in game six. Um, that was like when I was in college and I was like, so enthralled by like watching the series, the nights that I was supposed to be studying, I just completely bombed the final and failed the class and then just had to take it over again. It wasn't like a big deal or anything, but I just realized like, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not as smart as everyone else. <laughs> like, yeah. like everyone around me is like, oh yeah, this is simple. And I just had, I either don't have the willpower or like, I'm just not smart enough to do this. Uh, which, I, you know, I think informs my life to this day. <laughs> I mean, and it's so funny now because like, I feel like I don't have to use like a quarter of the brain power at my job than I did in college at all times. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, like, I feel like now, like, it's not even coasting. It's just like the real world does not require that much thought, I guess. Yeah. Most, most stuff is easy. Even like, I'm also, you know, uh, a mortgage guy now I have a mortgage. Um, and I feel like that is like one of the things that you think is so, so difficult. And then you realize mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, just actual smart people handle everything for you. Yeah, uh, like you just tell smart people what you need and then they just do it everything. Yeah, like I was like kind of shocked at how easy it was to buy a house. I mean, uh, like not from a like I'm Oh, 1% tanner. Yeah, yeah, the rich. You know <laughs> how so much easy. you only have to make about $8 an hour to be in the Alabama 1% because it's it's bad out here. But anyways, it's it's so wild. It's like it's like it's kind of like your high school teachers telling you in schools like, oh, you better act right because these college professors won't take it. And then your college professor shows up like pissed drunk and just like whatever. I don't care what you do. Uh, be quiet for 30 minutes. And you can leave and get an A or whatever. And it's kind of like that with like real world stuff because like is like obviously there is a sign of like maturity and responsibility you have to have to have like a mortgage or like, you know, rent on an apartment or something. But like it's pretty much at some point just like second nature because it's like so automatic. Like you either do it or you don't, there's only two choices. You can't kind of just have to do it. Yeah. I feel like this is <laughs> not the funnest conversation. There's definitely someone who is like grew up gifted and they're, they're having like some realizations about their life right now. Like hopefully they're realizing they're dumb. Um, yes. That's just as, the gift that we can give them. It's two former <laughs> gifted kids doing a podcast um yeah that's what we should call this episode two gifted kids yeah we shouldn't oh, call it God. that. yeah that's that's <laughs> I, I had like a visceral negative reaction <laughs> i said it and like i was like bile, oh, no, that's bile started ejecting from my esophagus <laughs> skylar uh what games have you been playing lately <laughs> uh well right now i'm really deep into psychonauts 2 which is just a killer I mean, it, it it it's a stone cold game. It's it's great. I I uh, have you ever played Psychonauts? Have you ever played the original one? I've never actually played the original. 
All right. Are you familiar with like Double Fine at all? Yeah, no, I'm 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 very familiar with the original because of the coverage it got on G4 back in the day. And I've seen the game played all the way through. I have personally just never played it. Oh, yeah. So you're like Morgan Webb gave this a four out of five. I got to check it out one day. Yeah, <laughs> but that was like 2005 Tanner that was nine years old and had no money. So I just never got it. Yeah, I, I mean, I really liked it at the time. I remember liking it. It's just like a very funny game. And I really did not have super high expectations for a sequel because most of the time when you have this type of like, oh, for 15 years, the fan demanded it. The fans demanded it. Now there's it's like a Duke Nukem situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially a game that's so reliant on humor. There was like a there's definitely I I basically soon I was like, well, this is not going to hold up. And the gameplay was also not great in the first one. Um but it's so it's really, really well designed, like the way that it uh, it, get, it becomes sort of like an open world game and you can complete everything in like whatever order you want. And the story has like a lot of layers to it. And there's you know, a lot of things going on and it's really dense and there's lots of characters. Uh, I've had I'm having like such a good time with it uh, in a way that very few games I like have that sort of like just complete positive reaction to it and like don't really have many complaints about it oh wow um, yeah i mean it, it is it it is you have to know what it is going in because like the combat mm -hmm. is just like completely pointless and dumb and some of the it's not like doesn't have the highest production value in the world but um it has that sort of like when you watch like a great kids movie and you're like okay it, it is a kids movie so i have that sort of distance from it but it is touching a piece of myself that other movies or other games like aren't hitting. You know, so it's I mean? kind of like the Rugrats of Paris of video games. Yeah, Rugrats this is a running Paris. a running gag that I feel like you've been you've been pushing this your entire life. <laughs> this is as long okay. as I know you. I, I love Rugrats in Paris. I like, but <laughs> just not to bit for a second. So that's like a kids movie that I obviously a kids movie, but like I cry. Like the scene where uh, they're having all the babies dance with their moms and Chucky doesn't have a mom to dance with is like, even though I still have my mom, but like I've lost a parent. So I'm like, I, even now as like 25 years old, like I feel that I'm like, man, that sucks. And like, it, it takes you on this. He finally getting a mom. It's like really good. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do find that like sometimes having something that's like super mundane but it hits something in you that you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize that this is like dumb game or dumb movie or dumb show. It's like had a scene that just it was exactly exactly made to hit like my current biggest fear or like the thing that I need to go to therapy for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have recently discovered, uh, which I haven't discovered it. I've heard about it for years and I knew it was like really good. And everybody has yelled at me to play it for like three years, but slay the spire. Oh yeah. I mean, an absolutely top to bottom, like genius game. Like, oh my God. Yeah. One, one <laughs> of the greatest design games like ever made. Uh, somebody tweeted at me because I was tweeting about it and they were like, I just can't get into the art style. I'm like, you got to ignore it. You just got to play it. Like yeah. it's, Dude, it, when you're when you're playing it, you're like in the matrix. Like, especially, <laughs> you know, I played a lot of um Silent, the poison and uh -huh. dagger character, and 
dude when i'm playing silent i have like i have it where like the number my number pad like you know hits the different cards and mm-hmm. i have it on set on the fastest speed and i'm just like in i'm just becoming neo like it is <laughs> uh i'm reading everything so fast i'm like doing the math in my head i feel like <laughs> i levitate out of my chair like dr manhattan i'm changing yes. reality so i i uh I actually completed my first run the other night as a ironclad, like the classic like knight character. Um, and during the final boss fight, I, I felt like Neo in the matrix. Cause I was like running all these numbers. I'm like, okay, so if I d- exhaust all these cards, it does 11 damage per exhaust. But if I played this card first, that gets rid of one card, but I get two wound cards, which counts towards the exhaust. And then I also have this, artifact that uh every exhaust card does three extra damage like i was doing math haven't done in years like in my head like perfectly and like i got done with it and i was like mentally exhausted i went downstairs and i told riley i was like i gotta go to bed i'm tired ti- i'm tired because <laughs> it was like an hour and a half run because I-, I don't know if that's like a normal run time but it took me like an hour and a half uh to complete the run and it was just so crazy i but it was like it gave me a rush i haven't had in a game in probably like three or four, probably since i like i don't even know what i would describe like the last time i felt a rush like that in a game yeah i think you know i so this was a standard run you haven't done the heart yet no okay so the heart is one level and then as you go up the ascension levels it like truly tests your brain in insane ways because i i feel like and this is true of like most games run-based games in particular i i feel like i can't call them like roguelikes because that term is like outdated but any game where it's like runs eventually just sort of go on autopilot and then the more ascension levels like the harder difficulties you go up to it just becomes like a you have to focus so hard to get Mm -hmm. past those you can't be on autopilot anymore um it's a great experience i i hit a 20 which is the highest difficulty rating on silent um like last maybe a month or two ago oh wow. uh, and now i feel like i finally put the game down for a little bit which is the first time i'd put it down like since it was added to game pass yeah i'm just like i can't game pass skylar kudos to you but yeah, the greatest welcome. i the greatest deal in yeah. gaming yeah. Uh, truly like the greatest deal in gaming uh and speaking like because i'm like you i think roguelikes and roguelites is like a very outdated term because like for years, I was like, I just, I can't get into those games. I liked FTL, but I couldn't really get into FTL. Um, but like last year with, I don't know if you're familiar with Going Under. Uh, I haven't played it. I know what it is. Okay. So like, I love that game. And I was like, okay, maybe this type of game is for me. And then Hades dropped. I was like, oh, maybe this type of game is for me. Um, Cause it's like Going Under and Hades were like two of my, and then like slay the spire is just like it's scratching that itch too because i'm also just obsessed with trading cards right now i'm just like it's scratching every itch i'm just like this is the perfect game i can't believe like this is it (laughs) yeah there's like nothing better than like a very like that type of run based game you have to be you have to do like some next level brain gymnastics to make it good but if you can then it's so so good yeah so like i i think like splunky like is like that i think derek you is like maybe the greatest game designer out, out you know outside of like the triple a realm like 
mm-hmm. the the amount of brain power that it takes to like think about how every single thing in your game interacts and thinking of like unique and funny and interesting ways for those things to interact in a yeah. game where there's like thousands of things <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just it takes like a level of effort and brain power that i i yeah i know i could just never be capable of that that's how i felt when i played baba is you i'm just like i can't believe an actual because like that's how i felt playing that game because that game gets to me ridiculously hard crazy fast and i'm just like i can't believe like there's so many little rules in this game and like you can change it's so weird i think baba is you baba is you is like one of the best games ever made and i know i'll never beat it but as far as from like a design perspective i i i mean it it's crazy to me that a game like that was made yeah, have you ever played The Witness, the Jonathan Blow game? I have played a little bit of The Witness. Yeah, it's very similar to it's very similar to Bob and you in that like you almost want to just stand back and admire it and just like watch mm-hmm. people play it because yes, it's probably not as fun. I mean, I I just like I just acknowledge I'm like I am not I can't do this, but I do love like the unfolding and the way that it surprises you. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like maybe that is the type of like co-op thing where it's like, oh, you have a bunch of people, you know, you and your roommates and you're all like doing this together. And that's the way that that game is probably best played. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's why I liked Portal so much, like Portal 2 so much, because it was a a co-op experience because we me and like my group, we've done that with like a Telltale game or two, like where we would like essentially vote on the choices that we did and like that with like all of us in the same room. And being like, okay, let's do this and try this. Uh, that would be kind of interesting. I kind of want to try it now. Um, so you know, you mentioned to what like other like so like I'm end of the year where like work's a little slow, so like I have more time to like come home and play stuff. Like what's been like? You don't have to give me like a game of the year list, but what's been like a couple of this year? Any platform that you're like everybody should play these. I feel like what's funny is a lot of the games that I've played this year have like not necessarily been from this year, which I think yeah. is probably it's probably it's definitely more and more true as I get older because, mm-hmm. you know, I have the resources to say, oh, I'm going to go back and play this thing that I had been putting off for a long time or I have the yeah. time or the, you know, just willpower to get through this. Um, but, you know, I, I think. I just finished maybe maybe like a month ago, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, which I think is you know it comes out with like re-releases all the time, so you could almost consider it like coming out this year. It just came I was out on say, didn't it, like last year, I think. Didn't it just come out on Game Pass though this year? Yeah, it just got added to Game Pass this year. Yeah, so that that's that's why I played it. Was I was just like, oh, I didn't want to take the dip and doing like an 80 hour RPG is always like a tough sell for me. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think that may be like the best JRPG ever made. Like it's so good. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it, it, it scratches the same itch that like a Psychonauts 2 scratches where it feels whimsical and wholesome. And, you know, I, I don't know. Have do you watched like the Tim Rogers videos at all? Yes. Yeah. So he, in his Kotaku review of Dragon Quest 11, he talks about how a lot of people talk about Dragon Quest combat as like antiquated or like old in some way. 
he's like, well, my apartment building, they don't call it old. They call it pre-war. Like it's, you know, it's this thing where the age of it and the simplicity of it has become like really like elegant over time. And it has like, it scratches a sort of itch in your brain that like other games don't do that. Like the active battle system in Final Fantasy seven remake, like doesn't it does it doesn't hit the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I found that the, you know, the story is like so, so typical, but then there's like, there's, you know, it'll have like 20 different twists. I was like, Oh, and that guy was a bad guy. Oh, and this person dies suddenly and all this, and you don't get caught off guard by them. And then one of them does. And it's like, blows your mind. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that game is, um, <laughs> it is, it, it feels like the wizard of Oz or something. I don't know. Or like meet me in St. Louis or like, it's a wonderful life. Like it is, it is that level of just, you know, like schmaltzy like wonderfulness like it it, i i highly recommend anyone who likes jrpgs or even if you liked them when you're a kid and you just haven't played them in a while to like try it out um it's definitely on my big list of games that also probably has five or six other 80 plus hour jrpgs on them but yeah i i also i've been playing um I played through like a lot of like doom, like user created mm-hmm. stuff, which okay. I, I'm not the best person to talk to about this. Cause there are people who I follow who are like, that's all they do is to just play like doom, like user created stuff all day. Um, but I, it's incredible how much like genius level design is just sort of lost in this one tiny community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you followed like the, there was an article recently or a YouTube video, I guess came out recently about how Roblox was basically being propped up by like all this free work done by like children. <laughs> Cause it's like, I, I, yeah. I actually did. Uh, I, I think it was a YouTube video and I think there was an article that spun off off that YouTube video. I've actually, yeah, because I'm very interested in Roblox. Like I'm every. as like a kid like in their life like they all play roblox and i don't know where it came from so that whole like the fact this multi-billion dollar enterprise like a, like pretty much only rivaled by like fortnite kind of blows my mind because i just have no idea about it yeah i i mean for, from what i understand i i wasn't super familiar with it until um i like met a child who was really into it but yeah um you know there's lots of like user created content sort of like maybe like a little big planet or probably closer to like dreams the newer media molecule thing or like mario mm-hmm. maker but there's like a lot you can do and people will just try to remake like full games in it and minecraft is the same way but you know there is so much brain power of design so much like so many design ideas that are going into these very insular communities that people just you know, only the best ideas like escape, uh, which is, it's really interesting to me. I mean, I, I think that even the Dota was the same way where it was a mod for mm-hmm. Warcraft and then it became something that, you know, it, the idea was so good that they're like, oh, now we have to do it. And like Battle Royale games are the same way. Um, yeah. So I f- find that really fascinating um, and playing through Doom where the constraints are pretty extreme especially if you're playing through like some of the stuff that's designed for like doom one. Um, 
you know, that you really can't do, but so much, you know, in terms of assets, but the, the core game, the bones of that game are so well made that Mm -hmm. almost anything you play is fun. Uh, that's yeah. it, it it kind of reminds me of like watching people play like those old like hacked mario roms like kaizo mario i guess for instance like it, it's kind of like that when i watch people play like different doom stuff because it's just like these like a- like actually genius like designers are just like w- probably like nine times out of ten will never make anything like mass marketed i guess or something like like the masses can play even though they're like clearly a genius at it and it's just like lost not lost in time necessarily but like like you said kind of like stuck and like one singular small community because like it would be a hard sell to be like man y'all really got to play this like modded doom one because it's insane or like like a mario rom like it'd be like man you know uh super mario brothers 3 imagine if you played it and it was harder (laughs) like it's just like kind of a hard sell yeah, I don't know if you saw that, like, John Romero went back and did a, like, a new Doom episode with all of the Doom 1 assets. And it was basically, like, the idea where, oh, if I was just making another Doom chapter <laughs> in 1993, how would I make it? Um, and it's, I mean, it's incredible because it's just more Doom. It's really well designed. And you can see that it has some some like modern touches to it, but it's still using all of these old assets. It's not using anything that wasn't in the original Doom. Um, mm. And I, I I think that I, you know, as as I get older and you know, AAA gaming is probably not as important to me. Mm. I get really attached to these weird one-offs like that, where you know someone is under super weird constraints and they make something that's like really brilliant i find that like more interesting than like you know watchdogs whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like <being laughs> whatever a hundred million dollars to make something yeah i yeah. completely agree although it kind of seems like hideo kojima somehow hits both of those <laughs> marks where like it seems like he has like these such weird constraints he puts on himself, but also you have like Sony throwing him hundreds of millions of dollars or a hundred million dollars per se. I don't know how much death stranding cost. I assume very expensive Um, to just be like, make whatever you want. But he, it, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like the opposite of what you're saying. Cause like he has no constraints. So it's just like everything in his game. And I kind of feel like that was like the metal gear thing too. And, I, I find I find that as interesting as like what you I, I think I see like a this is going to be the worst comparison you've ever heard but like a Hideo Kojima like Death Stranding is like the uh, Kijimuto GHC heavyweight championship run like it's so it makes no sense but like you still have a kind of a good time with it but yeah. also you or have like donda that- going full circle i feel like these are all hitting the exact same thing you know parts of your brain yeah <laughs> really i mean kind of because i mean it takes a very smart individual to enjoy the kijimuto ghc reign of 2020 no but it, it really is because it's like because you have some people that argue it's like the highest form of art but then you have people at least for me i'm, I'm not going to speak for you but people are like 
man, this is just like kind of dumb, but like it's enjoyable. And I don't know where you fall. Like, I don't know what you think of Death Stranding or your Donda thoughts. In I, I, the, okay, the entirety. fact that you don't know that like I am a Death Stranding like ride or die is I, I, so I, like I knew I knew you were a Death Stranding true know how hard you went and also i didn't know just how much of a bit it was uh because i i mean i know people that like hate that game i mean i know people that loved metal gear solid that hate death stranding yeah i think i think death stranding is probably like the best triple a game released like this millennium like it, it's that level of important and that it like mm -hmm. in, in terms of in terms of triple a gaming because you can you can make like a million qualifiers but to get a blank check and make that game <laughs> is one of the most incredible things that has happened in the history of video games. Like it's, it's, it's that definitely important. sick. It's a sick move for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a... like Hideo Kojima is a different beast. Like he it's be like Sony, give me all your money. I'm gonna make a game about like being together and <laughs> also like making roads. It's just yeah. like it's insane. Are you gonna play the director's cut? Yeah, I definitely like I was going to say that in terms of like this year, I probably will spend like the second half of my year going through the director's cut of Death Stranding and probably like 100%ing it. And then also I want to do the director's cut of Disco Elysium cuz those are two of my mm -hmm. favorite games of like the past 10 years and you know, both seem like they're getting like a lot of cool stuff added to them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, Disco Elysium's the update was free for people who own the game, so Yeah. I have, uh, I bought Disco Elysium was on sale recently on the PlayStation Store and I bought it. I it. Um, I'm very excited to play it. I've heard so many good things. It's just, again, like on my huge backlog of things. I have the Death Stranding Director's Cut pre ordered that I'm very excited about, but I really want to beat or play and beat Ghost of Tsushima before Death Stranding gets here which I guess I didn't realize it's September and death training comes out by the time this podcast comes out in like two and a half weeks. Yeah. The, the games that people that we play with ourselves are like, Oh yeah, of course I'll beat this game before I play that one. It's always, yes. it's such a balancing act. Mm -hmm. Like how, how many games do you try to play at once? Are you like a one game at a time person? Uh, I usually will. I usually will do two or three, but they have to be somewhat different. So like while mm -hmm. I was playing Dragon Quest XI, because it took me, you know, it is such a long game. Yeah. I played like Dead Cells in the middle of it. And I played like Stardew Valley and I played like Streets of Rage 4. I was playing like some smaller games mm -hmm. in like while I would basically take a break from Dragon Quest. And yeah. it actually worked out. It worked out fine. Um but it, dep it depends on the game. I've definitely had it where I'm playing like a really long slog of a game. And then I pick up some really like, you know, for instance, like if I pick up like Hades or some, yeah, a game like that, any sort of run based game where you can play in five minutes. I mean, mm -hmm. Slay the Spire did this to me all year where I would be picking up like a really long game. I'm like, but I could just play Slay the Spire for eight hours instead. Yes. Uh, and that was difficult to put down. Yeah, this, uh, that's like my thing right now because like my brain, I'm just like thinking of like Slay the Spire, but I have so much stuff downloaded on Game Pass and I have like, I have a bunch of stuff. I, I don't know if you saw my tweets. I managed to get one of the Halo uh, Xbox Series Xs that are coming out. <laughs> Very cool. Like I, I got a pre-order for that and I got the pre-order for like the stupid, um, it's not stupid because I really wanted it, but like the Elite Controller, owned an Elite Controller. 
so I was like, oh, I'll get the Halo one. That's cool. And then I just kind of lucked up into getting the Xbox. But I have like so many games coming out because I haven't really I surprisingly haven't bought that many games this year. Um, I, I've kind of been like you have been playing old stuff or like like finishing up some stuff. I've, I've bought maybe two or three games this year that I've played. Um, but like every game this year that I want comes out really starting the week this episode comes out because warrior aware comes out on the, and I'm very excited for warrior aware because I love games. I'm very excited that it actually got a switch one. I mean, uh, my, the games that I buy, I mean, as someone who's in the industry, I think this is actually pretty common, um, but I have bought full price. Um, I have bought, I can remember the last five games I've played, I've bought, and I'm pretty sure that, they would span like 10 years. Yeah. Um, I think I, I bought, I purchased like day one with full, full 60, you know, triple a game is basically bloodborne death stranding last of us two. And then like halo four might be the last one that I remember. Before. Like it, it, it was like, you know, it, it's a huge amount of time. I, I really, I, I play so much through work and so mm-hmm. much like, yeah, you know, obviously through like, sales or epic game store free games or yeah you know, randomly get gifted something on someone something on steam or mm-hmm. game pass now like it's just you know the idea of like pre-ordering a game and getting really excited and playing it like i mean i've even pl- i've even played like sekiro yet even though like i'm like oh i know i'm gonna like this game i basically uh-huh. feel like i already have played it because i'm like oh yeah i know i know sekiro <laughs> i know this game but i just haven't actually bought it but yeah yeah that I, I mean i'm at the point i have so it's like i don't buy it like it's it's a hard sell for like chris when like christmas rolls around to be like oh i really want everybody in my family barring riley is like um uh, you're like about to be 26 like Video games. I'm like, actually, no. I'm in the perfect demographic for video games when you really think about it. I'm right in the smack dab middle of the 18 to 34 range. But anyways, the demo. <laughs> no, you're pissing I'm off Tony Khan's WWE drones now. <laughs> yeah, but my mom, who's almost just spends her time watching NXT for some reason, and I don't, I just can't understand it. But um, and so it's always a hard sell. So I'm always self because like I. I hate the idea also of going to the store and buying a game now. Like I'd never do that unless targets having like a crazy, like black Friday deal or something. I hate going to the store to buy video games. So I'll, I'll just like pre-order it straight up and but I still love physical games. So I'll pre-order it on Amazon, forget about it. And then it just shows up at my house the day it comes out. So I'm just like, this is like the best way. <laughs> Cause I like, I, I still want to have like the case. Like I'm a, I'm a physical media nerd. Like I have so many movies and like volumes of manga I've bought in the last year, just because I'm like, I want to have this stuff. Yeah. I was like a big, big comic guy and also a big DVD guy. And Mm -hmm. when I was in college, my house burned down and I have lost all that stuff. So now Mm -hmm. I basically, I have like no attachment to physical stuff at all. I'm like slowly starting to get back there. But mm-hmm. it took me like a long time to be like, yeah. I was digital only in almost everything for a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you 
what like so like you have a, do you mainly like play on your PC like what are you mainly playing on now? Uh, it, it depends on like what venue I'm at because I I will play like you know being in the biz, <laughs> you know me and the boys in the back. Oh, uh, I feel like <laughs> and gorilla, lunch, yeah, and gorilla. Uh, I feel like lunch breaks and stuff like that are like big game times. So that mm. that's almost always on my PC. I have Game Pass on the PC. I'm always playing, you know. Or if I'm taking a little break from work, like I'm always playing, uh, you know, a Slay the Spire or Hades or Crusader Kings, something like that. Something that I can just easily pick up and play for a few minutes and put back down. Yeah. Um, and I don't have any next gen consoles yet. You know, my wife has told me that I have to get rid of one of my old consoles. I have a PS3, a fat, like backwards compatible one uh -huh. um, that I a little peek behind the curtain is that like an hour before this, I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to read, read a book a little bit. And my wife was like, you, I'm getting rid of the PlayStation 3 right now, unless you start playing it. And I thought she was joking. And then their look in her eyes was really <laughs> scary to me um so i started playing valkyria chronicles i just started it like because it, it was one. i had a list of games i was like these are the games that i want to finish into completion before i get rid of my ps3 are and you really going to get rid of one of the backwards so, compatible I mean, ones though? i know it, it that's the problem the you know let, let me bring my wife down that you can explain this to her. <laughs> um, <laughs> i was like i'll do it and, and then you can explain to mom I need uncut gems on uh, the 4K version. Hold on, I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. I was I was just talking about that. That's why I you if I can explain that to her, and you can explain to mine why I need the Blu-ray of uncut gems. Yeah, exactly. It's just you know, for me, at least in video games, the the idea of preserving like old games is just so far fetched, especially mm -hmm. among like Eastern developers. Yeah. So, you know, the idea that, oh yeah, a lot of the PS2 and PS1 and PS3 catalog is probably just going to be locked on that system forever. And there's just going to be mm -hmm. no way to play it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get rid of old stuff. Yeah. Th that's my uh like my 360 is sitting in my closet right now and my nintendo wii she's like why don't you sell those i'm like why would i ever sell those yeah, like i just look at her you with will like, want you will want that game that you can't play otherwise yes yes exactly so like right the only consoles i actually have hooked up right series s and my ps5 like or i guess my switch if you want to count that too but she's like talks to me all the time she's like why don't you just like get rid of, why don't you sell your wii or like if you sell your th 360 like you'll be able to have more room for stuff i was like you you realize i'm never selling this right like it's not happening <laughs> uh yeah i i i think that the um i always have to find something to compare it to the problem is i feel like most people are rational or are either rational that you can explain it to them or and they understand and they empathize with you or they are sentimental about other things and you're like oh well you're sentimental about this so my mm -hmm. playstation 3 is like your whatever random stuff yeah uh-huh um, yeah it's literally the same principle but also like you can't get rid of that ps3 i know that, you have to keep it the problem is so i i, I told him i was like i really want to play la noir because I didn't have it on P I had it on PS3 and I really wanted to play it. 
Um, because that's uh, Tim Rogers is reviewing that uh, after his cyberpunk review. So I was like, mm -hmm. Ooh, I gotta get in on that. And then uh, I really wanted to play Red Dead Redemption 1, which I've never played. And I haven't played the second one because I've been waiting until I play the first one. Wait, uh, you don't even have to play the first one for the second one. I know, one. but it's but I see this is the problem is I'm a deeply disturbed individual and I have Oh to. shit, uh, Skyler. And, no. I, and I did I did play it quite I played through like halfway or maybe even a little bit longer than that. But the problem is in my game of Red Dead Redemption. As soon as you start, you fall through the world and you can't leave the first town. And this started happening in my save, my old, old save. And I deleted my save, deleted the game data, everything. And it turns out that it's like something with the disc. There's disc versions of Red Dead Redemption will not allow you to like progress past certain points. And <laughs> it just happens to like older discs. So now I'm just like, well, do I get another copy of Red Dead Redemption to test on my PS3? Do I get another PS3? Do I try to get on Xbox because I have a 360? God. Yeah. So I really, I want to play it, but I'm like waiting for this moment where I'm like, you know, do I spend the it's money still, buying a new disc? Yeah. It still kind of blows my mind that you don't have either of the like new consoles yet. Like, is it just because you just haven't had the interest or is it like you just haven't been able to get one? It, it, ta it takes like, a, I mean, also, I'm I'm trying to, but I'm building a computer right now. So I'm trying to get a 3080. Um, oh, sure. Okay. Which is which is a whole other thing. Uh, yeah. And I probably will get that. And I probably will also get a PS5 because uh, mm -hmm. I, I play most Game Pass stuff on my PC. So and also work, you know. You yeah. haven't figured it out. <laughs> That's yep. where Skyler I work. obviously works for uh, AEW. Yeah. Um, so I think the uh, it will take something that's like on the PS5 that is like I can't not play it. I mean, mm -hmm. whether it's Elden Ring or some, you know, so but Bloodborne was that for the PS4. I bought the the day Bloodborne came out. I bought the PS4 and Bloodborne, and then I was like, "Yep, this is why I bought it." this is for for this see i bought the ps5 and mine was seeing everybody on twitter being like man i can't believe i can't get this i'm like ah oh, thank god i don't have that fomo yeah <laughs> that's for, the reason for, i'm like oh my night my nice house i have a mortgage for by the way to be fair i still lived with my mom when i bought my ps5 so you know it, it kind of evened out i guess but i like i feel like you know, you can like make these jokes about like how neither of the new systems have like games for them yet, but like the PS five, I mean, owning an Xbox, I just think is like a smart consumer choice at this point, just because I know I'm doing your job for you, but, um, just because I think game pass is that good of a deal. Like I, I, I just can't imagine not owning an Xbox at this point, but with the PS five as well, like, Miles Morales was one of my favorite games last year. I loved Miles Morales. Uh, and like the Demon Souls remake, like I thought was a lot of fun. I didn't get super deep into it, but the system seller for the PS5 is a free game. And it's obviously Astrobot because it is so freaking good. Yeah, I feel I feel like the uh like the early console cycle games are always so weird because mm -hmm. if you look at the beginning of each console's release it's always like random free games or 
throw-ins or demos or weird things like that that sometimes are looked back really fondly later. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Wii Sports was definitely that in mm. some ways. And, like, I don't, I think pe people are now finally coming around to Nintendo Land, the Wii U throw-in game, as, like, the being Nite really good. Nintendo Land was good. Yeah, great music in Nintendo Land. Um, but, I mean, I, I was I was a huge, like, Xbox 360 um you know when it was like condemned criminal origins and cameo and i think maybe the guitar hero 2 port was probably pretty early on when they ported it and they added certain songs um yeah 360 version of that game is killer a 360 version of guitar hero 3 may be the greatest game ever created um i firmly See, believe I'm a, that. I'm a i'm a guitar hero 2 guy guitar really hero Guitar 3, not harmonics, not an OG original. Um, so soundtrack is better in 2, first of all. I don't know. I I probably... How old would I have been when Guitar Hero 2 came out? I would have been a... I, so I don't even remember that much. I don't, for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that many memories associated with Guitar Hero 2, but like Guitar Hero 3 was like... That was like the like that was the game my mom played. Like my mom would turn on the 360 and be like, "Hell yeah, I'm going to jam out to Slow Ride on medium right now." Uh, <laughs> and like that's what we all played. That's probably the like the last like game in the house where every single body in the house played it. Um, I guess Rock, Rock Band too. I was yeah. about to say Rock Band uh, because I I remember I want uh, so bad. I was like, I have to have the full band set. I have to have the full band set. So I we got the full band set. I had the drums, the mic, uh, the guitars. And fun fact, the first podcast I ever did, I recorded it with the rock band mic. Um, and it's just, I think you talked about this on another episode. Yeah. I was about to say, I, I think I probably mentioned that already, but it, it's so funny too, because like I could not fathom like owning the like rock band now would be like really cool. And like, I really wish like something like that could, I really want a new DJ hero to be honest. Um, cause I love DJ hero. <laughs> um, but like, I could not even fathom like now being an owner of a house being like, okay, I'm going to, Oh, I'm going to buy a whole, <laughs> you know, instrument set for a video game. Dude, the drums are so loud too. Cause my, yeah, my family was a rock so band loud. family. It was like, mm -hmm. I, it was like me and my brothers and sisters, like we formed the full band and we were like, took it very seriously. <laughs> That's uh, so cool. <laughs> Cause I, I was like an expert guitar hero player, like, mm -hmm. you know, like expert cleared every song on every game and so on and so forth. So I was always like, listen, I'm pulling my weight here, guys. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of stuff that happened, especially my brother was like the full time singer. Um, mm -hmm. And he also he I mean, of the people that we've talked about, he's probably most likely to listen to this because he follows me on Twitter against my wishes. Um, OK, it'd be the type of person to be like, oh, I'm going to see what my brother's up to. Um, <laughs> and he is just. You know, he he grew up in in the tradition of like Broadway and was like a theater kid and just will sing anything at any time no matter how inappropriate it is to start busting on the song at that moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, but like, I feel like to do that, you should be a good singer. Um, and that was not the case. Ah, uh, so, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. To do it, trying to do like, uh, you know, Coheed and Cambria songs. <laughs> just like, I'm just like doing crazy guitar solos. And there's just like a person like moaning, like just doing like, absolute, just, yeah, it's it's a, what a great game. 
man now you're making me want like a rock band to come back he did like i i even though i went on that rant that i wouldn't buy it i totally buy it right now after i'm sold <laughs> yeah they definitely i mean they they did fuser right harmonics did the dj I yeah i like, sort of the, like dj hero yeah i didn't pick up okay so the main thing i liked about dj hero is the turntable <laughs> controller yeah um it was pretty sick and it had uh a really good remix of american uh american boy with estelle and kanye in it that i five starred like the first day i had the game i'm like wow i think this could be a career path for me uh, <laughs> and then obviously i'm not a dj but it convinced me when i was like 15 i'm like shit well, i wonder if i could do this <laughs> <laughs> just, You're like oh this is i'm really learning the scale <laughs> I, like i'm sure this is how to actually dj like i'm about to activate my star power and go crazy um oh man video games are wild you gotta love them yeah i miss i miss the days of like weird peripherals like steel battalion level had you ever played that game yeah uh yes i have okay yeah so that that i feel like is we need games like that like the next mm -hmm. kojima game should have like a cube and it's like oh yeah unless you touch it in this exact sequence you can't play the game like it's yeah. some weird puzzle that's why i'm trying to get i'm trying to convince riley that i need one of the taiko drums for my switch for me to play taiko on i'm like i i need this hoary taiko controller like you don't understand how bad i need this it's kind of like i went through a phase when i was like 16 where i didn't play fighting games but i really wanted an arcade stick so i could learn how to play fighting games <laughs> it's kind of like that although i play taiko on my switch a ton but it's like man imagine how much better it'd be if i had an actual big ass drum attached to my switch yeah i think that the i was definitely like a i was definitely also at the taiko drum i think for the ps2 I definitely had like the Donkey Konga drums. Mm -hmm. um, I, f I feel like now most of those are like relegated to like when you go to a con and there's like every peripheral game that you like never like, oh, yeah, I didn't buy this weird shit. Yeah, it's like I went to my first like, well, I went to PAX East when I was uh, like 17, but I don't really count that. I went to a, a convention in 2019 that had like a huge taiko machine it was like the first time i'd ever like been to like a weird like because this wasn't a video game convention this was like a anime nerd convention and there was like a big taiko machine like right by like a like a i don't even remember the name of the game but like it was like a gundam game where like you got into the gundam and you were like the dude in the gundam i don't i know <laughs> nothing about gundam uh but i remember playing taiko and i was like oh man this is like the best game ever and then i bought it on switch i think probably that christmas i was like oh man this is still really good and i think it works really well on the switch but i just think it would work better if i had the drum well if you talk about the the ps3 we can do a sort of you know family exchange type scenario lay out the case for the ps3 i'll lay out the case for your taiko drum i i'm in uh, you just yeah. tell me the day and time and we can set it up i think i think we will january be january 6 2022 <laughs> come along alabama will have surely there will be a lot of uh a lot of people coming up just so hop on a plane <laughs> Well, Skylar, I think that's a good note to end it on. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, do you know that I watched? Uh, okay, believe we do not have to talk about this. Do not take this as like we have to do this. But I watched, okay. I watched pro wrestling Noah. I watched like, oh hell yeah, I want to talk about dude, some Noah. I watched like, I watched like twenty hours <laughs> to be like, oh, I gotta get caught up in case it comes up. <laughs> so like what's been like what's been your favorite stuff there this year uh i have really enjoyed cano this year who is someone who i've gone hot and cold on in Mm. general uh i really really liked when he first turned heel i like thought that angle was super hot that that must have been three years ago now um but he like has come into his own as just like a really smart worker now and like works all these different types of matches and you know i think that he is just he's just a lot more dynamic and mm-hmm. previously it would be like oh he would only work a certain type of match so even when his character work was good you would be like oh he's bogged down in xyz but mm-hmm. um i think now he is just like a very complete worker i mean i thought thought the funaki match they had in like february was like one of, it's probably one of my favorite like under the radar noah matches Oh really? Uh, yeah, like yeah. I, I like I like the match, but I I feel like they've had like a ton of stuff this year better than that match. No, I I mean I I, I like that, but in terms of like yo, li- listen, any match that you light your leg on fire and then kick someone with it is like an automatic five stars for me. Oh but, yeah, but I I in terms of I feel like now most people, if you like watch pro wrestling now, you like saw that match. Mm-hmm. So like I I've really enjoyed like. I think my guy in Noah this year, who's been like my guy in Noah probably every year for the past 10 years has been Segura just because I don't know how he does it, but he just like tops it every year. And like also just with like the wide cast of characters that Noah has now, like having Murakami and like Sakuraba is like just working Noah house shows now. Like he's not even just on the big shows. Like he'll just work whatever. And like they have Fujita pretty regularly. I mean, they got Fuji Fujita's working the N one, which is nuts. Uh so I, I don't know. I feel like Segura's been a ton of fun this year and has had like as far as like matches I want to watch, has probably had the most. And like for my money's worth, probably the best wrestler on the planet this year, just based on what I've watched. But yeah, do you think- I don't know. Or is Justin Segura Kyle is going but. to the final of the N one. I was looking at the blocks earlier today too. I mean, it doesn't. I, the only reason I don't think he is going to win is because he just got the title shot and uh, lost. No, what, see, th- this is what happens. It's because Mudo Mudo versus Segura is the first night. Um, yes, and what happens is Segura beats Mudo. That's the only time Mudo is going to job. Yeah, for the rest of the year, basically. And then Budo gets his win back at like the, you know, whatever, whatever event, like uh, the chat that winner of the N1 does it like challenges uh, Mayor Fuji. Oh, so you you think Mudo is going to win the belt again? No, 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 no. So this is what's going to happen is Segura beats Mudo in the N1. Uh Uh, Segura does not win the N1. He loses to Kiyomiya in the final. And then... Uh, Segura faces Mudo in a non-title singles match where Mudo can get his win back and Kiyomiya wins the belt. And then uh, Budokan is Mudo versus Kiyomiya for the belt again. Yeah, that could work. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel I feel like that because they're I, I, they're running like the the New Year's. It's New Year's Day, right? Is when they're yeah, they're they're running uh, Budokan New Year's yeah. Day. Because my my logic was Mudo is going to be like in a big match on that card, and I think. I don't think Marafuji is going to be champion going into it. So it feels like it makes sense. You give like that gives Kiyomiya like the big win in on the biggest possible stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mudo only has to take like, you know, he only has to take this one loss in the end one to get there. I yeah. feel like that makes sense. I guess. Okay. Let me ask you this. If. Oh yeah, I guess that would work. Cause they're only four person blocks. So I guess he could be the other two people in their block who else is even in there oh wait block? i forgot kiyomiya's in his block oh, oh that, you in that block too yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so kiyomiya has to come out of that block i think okay so that means who Segura... else is winning the N- who else is winning the n1 i don't think anyone else makes sense to me tanaka the tanaka dropped the zero one championship Tanaka's oh yeah to, to go for the big belt m's alliance collapses <laughs> you have to think that the the person who wins the n1 is probably going to win the belt and as such will probably be like in a big match at Budokan, if not the main event. See, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that the, the win, cause I feel like pending, I feel like if Shiozaki's healthy, Shiozaki could be in the main event at Budokan and it, they can just run Marafuji versus Shiozaki. God, what a, I know, Budokan Shiozaki versus Marafuji. I mean, I, I, it's not, I, I find a lot to like in both of those wrestlers at times, but doesn't, that's not popping off the page for me. Well, I mean, no, not me either, but also like, I don't know. It's such a weird, because there's like that whole block that has like nobody in it that even like that has like a Kendo Kashan in it that there's just like no way anybody in that block's going to do anything. I mean, Kano is a push commodity. I mean, yes, but I just, it would be very weird for him to win the yeah, N1. It, to yeah, he, he wouldn't in the, win the N1, and he wouldn't he wouldn't main event Budokan, or he wouldn't no. be in a title match at Budokan. So you almost have to work backwards and be like, okay, yeah. well, who makes sense? And yeah. then you Fujita. Like, from there. Yeah, Fujita, Mera, Fuji, <laughs> strap, Budokan. Strap him up, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really upset that we're missing out on Murakami, because he's, like, injured. And yeah, the, is fun to have, but Murakami's yeah, team is fun. so good. I posted it today because I was like watching a bunch of his matches that he had no mm-hmm. this year. I was like, oh man, it would have been so nice to hear that a bunch of times. Do you think he's actually injured or he just didn't want to work three singles matches? <laughs> I mean, are <laughs> those I feel like those aren't mutually exclusive when you're like <laughs> uh, when you're like an old ass wrestler, like you're just he's like shit, I'm hurt. hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, Skylar, this was a ton of fun. So I don't know if you know this, but Anchor only allows you to record two hours at a time. Oh, hell so yeah. I can start another recording if you wanted me to, but I feel like this is a logical stopping point for this podcast. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I have some topics for next time because we didn't even get okay. to Evangelion. So. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't finished it yet. So All right. even when though finish- I've seen the first, I've seen the first two rebuilds in the first 12 episodes. Yeah, when this, when this uh, episode has like, 20 times the amount of listens as all the other episodes because like 50 people listen to it then i feel like you'll have to have me back on you are greatly you are greatly underestimating the late takes drawing power 20 times and being 50 listens i hear you bud uh well you got any plugs you want to do skylar uh buy buy an xbox
Whoa! <laughs> Does that feel special? Go, go Xbox. F- fuck PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> AEW. <laughs> that's, that's <a> <laughs> All right. Well, if you're listening to this, uh, you already know where you can find it. But we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you can, leave us a review, a rating. All that stuff helps tremendously. You can follow the podcast at The Late Takes on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner1495. And we will catch you next time.